Welcome to the Side Hustle Project, a podcast where we explore the nitty-gritty details behind what it takes to start and grow a profitable side hustle. I'm your host, Ryan Robinson, and in this podcast, I'm bringing you interviews with entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, CEOs, investors, and people just like you who are building and profiting from interesting side hustles. In today's episode, we're talking to Chris Cavallini, the entrepreneur behind the eight-figure company Nutrition Solutions, the meal prep business that serves over 30,000 customers, including NFL players like Rob Gronkowski and dozens of other professional athletes. Originally from the Boston, Massachusetts area, Chris had a bit of a rough childhood as he was growing up and started getting into trouble by his early teenage years. Before his 18th birthday, he was arrested 17 times. And by time he was a senior in high school, he was given an ultimatum by the state of Massachusetts to either serve seven months in jail or join the military. And he chose the Navy. This launched Chris down a path of building character, learning discipline, structure, and developing high standards as an elite Navy deep sea diver. However, it was after he left the Navy and returned home that he'd get into some of the darkest times of his life. Chris took a job working at a strip club, got burnt out, and began dealing drugs and selling anabolic steroids for the next six years of his life. It was only after friends started getting sent to prison that he got into personal development, attended seminars, watched some Tony Robbins videos, and started craving a deeper fulfillment in his life. And it was right there that he decided to eventually begin testing out a legitimate meal prep business, and he launched Nutrition Solutions. In this episode, Chris and I talk about how he used personal development and discipline as vehicles to turn his life around from dark times to now running an eight-figure company that helps tens of thousands of customers around the world to eat healthier and get fit. We dig into the early opportunities and breaks Chris created for himself that landed big-name clients to help validate his idea for a meal prep company and grow organically through word-of-mouth marketing. We cover the most effective marketing channels he's used to grow the brand over the years, the sacrifices he's had to make in order to keep his company alive, the best investment he's ever made, and more. As always, you can find everything we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at ryrop.com slash podcast. That's spelled R-Y-R-O-B dot com slash podcast. Let's get into today's interview with Chris Cavallini. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on, man. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, it's a blast to be speaking with someone who has such an incredible story. You, you've got to probably be the most unique journey out of everyone I've had here on the podcast. And I, I do want to touch on all of it. So if you don't mind, let's start at the beginning. Where, where are you originally from? Yeah, I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I was born there and uh, mom had me when she was 16. Um, you know, she was super, super young, definitely not in a uh, ideal or responsible place to uh, bring a child into uh onto the planet i mean she, she was a child herself and uh you know my dad actually took off before i was even born and just due to some of the you know issues my mother had she uh had a drug problem and um just you know was going through uh, a lot uh at that time i uh was quickly taken out of her custody and um just bounced around a little bit i bounced around the system spent some time in foster homes group homes um you know back and forth um with her and then ultimately just ended up in a place where, you know, I didn't have any stability structure. And, uh, as a result of the, you know, less than ideal, I guess, condition, shall we call it, um, inevitably was found myself starting to get in some trouble, found myself just developing certain, uh, you know, just issues and, and, and acting in such a way that wasn't consistent with, uh, you know, going in the right direction and, uh, you know, being a good human being. I was actually arrested 17 times prior to my 18th birthday to kind of give it some context. 
Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So, and and who was who was Chris? You know, going through kind of like the teenage years. <laughs> so that's a that's a that's an amazing question. Um, <laughs> honestly, like looking back at it now, you know, I think a lot of the things that I was doing, the ways that I was acting out, and um, you know, putting myself in positions to you know get in trouble. I think a, a lot of that was due to uh, just deep-rooted psychological, uh, you know, insecurity. I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's no secret that every human being, uh, needs to feel significant in some way. And, uh, just as a misguided youth with, uh, not a whole lot of structure, like discipline or kind of, you know, support around me to develop, uh, me cognitively in the, the proper capacity. I think that I, you know, was looking to obtain significance, in you know less than admirable ways so um i found significance by like you know acting out acting a fool getting myself in trouble and you know i kind of at the time you know when i was getting arrested and, and such i kind of like deemed that and, and and wore that like a badge of honor and you know obviously that's like the the last thing that it actually is but um you know i was uh i was i was lost i didn't have um a good grasp on you know the 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 proper way to you know, to, to, to act. And I was doing things that were really, really fucking stupid for lack of a better term. And I developed a reputation with the, uh, the, the police department in my hometown. And, um, basically, you know, they, uh, they knew who I was every time they'd come to our parties, they would break up the parties. They would take me to jail and, uh, senior year in high school, just, you know, moving right along. I basically found myself in a position where I was given an ultimatum by the state of Massachusetts, where basically I was, uh, quite simply given the option to either serve seven months in jail or join the military. So I do with the latter left the, uh, the, you know, my hometown left the environment that I grew up in, which, you know, at that time uh, I didn't realize, but that was actually um, one of, you know, many key defining moments that would essentially, you know, craft my future and help get me on the right path. And it's not the fact that I joined the military. It was the fact that I was removed from the environment, the people and the surroundings that, you know, essentially shaped me to, to, to be the person I was at that time. Does that make sense? You're absolutely, you're speaking with someone who has a lot more, I think, kind of mature perspective on what Mm -hmm. those early years were like now. Um, So, so you kind of, you joined the military, um, what was your time serving like? Was, was Were there any moments that were kind of like, you know, damn man, I, I really need to turn things around in my life? Or was it sort of a, like a period of time for you that just gave, you know, more structured discipline? What was that like? Yeah, so the, the military was, was exactly what I needed at that time. I mean, it begun to instill in me things that uh, I needed. I mean, it, it began to teach me discipline. It taught me the importance of having high standards and paying attention to details and just gave me um, just a sense of structure and purpose that I didn't have prior. And uh, I was very fortunate to uh, have been in one of the most elite communities, in all the military. I was a Navy deep sea diver, went through uh, some pretty rigorous training to, uh, to, to make that happen and spent, you know, five years in the military, five of the most exciting years of my life. Uh, you know, as a Navy deep sea diver, I had the opportunity to do some really cool things and work with, for, and around some very elite uh, people who, you know, kind of took me under their wing and, and, and mentored me. They knew my circumstances. They knew I was a young kid. They could sense the fact that uh, I, you know, I, 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 I meant well and, and I wanted to do 
well, but you know, at the time I just really didn't know any better. And, um, I was very fortunate to be in a community that accepted me and helped me, uh, you know, helped me grow up, helped me become a better man, helped me become, uh, you know, a better, uh, you know, just a, a better human being, uh, period. And, uh, just start de- developing these, these traits, the, these habits, um, and, and essentially these like core values that would ultimately, you know, I would, uh, revisit later in life and apply to my business, you know, once I got to that point. But after five years, I made the decision to get out, um, which was not the right decision for me. Um, again, you know, in, in hindsight, everything is twenty twenty. but made the decision to get out. And I basically went overnight from having all that structure and that purpose and that discipline to having none of it and, you know, being on my own and having to figure things out. I ended up uh, working in a strip club um, where that was like the opposite uh, environment that someone like me needed to be in and quickly started resorting back to my old ways, the ways that I was thinking, the ways that I was acting. I hated the environment. I didn't like the customers. I didn't like the girls. I just, I didn't like myself in that environment. And, uh, you know, I ended up just, just, you know, I would be messing with the girls drinking on the job because I just despised like I did and, you know, getting drunk while I was working made that a little, a little more tolerable. And, you know, then I'd be getting in fights with the customers just, uh, did that for a year and a half or so till I just got just so just disgusted with the entire thing. And I subsequently quit and became a drug dealer. True story. Wow. Wow, man. That, so you went through a lot on your journey to kind of like, you know, restructuring your life, kind of changing the way that you thought about things in your life. And then going back to this kind of period of, you know, I guess dark times again, how, how did you kind of, begin to pull yourself back out of what would be a period of dealing drugs? Yeah. So just, you know, making a real long story short, I, uh, I, I traveled that path for I'd say the better part about six years. You know, I was selling anabolic steroids, um, lived a very, you know, somewhat carefree life. I was making cash. Um, just, you know, not, didn't have any really structure, right? I got up when I wanted to, I was out partying all the time. And, um, you know, like, I, it was, there was a fun few years in there where I was really enjoying myself as a young kid that didn't have the foresight to see, to look into the future and understand the path that I was on. You know, there's only one way that that's going to end and it's not going to be well. So just speeding it up, I essentially got to a point in my life where I started to actually think about the future. I started to just feel like a, just certain bit of anxiety and just, uh, I guess I was maturing and starting to just think about, wow, well, like, what happens if, you know, something happened? What if I, what if I get in trouble? What if, you know, the guy that, you know, I'm, I'm buying this stuff from, what if he gets in trouble? Like all this, like the, the, the way that I'm, I'm, I'm making money, the, my means of paying my bills, all that will go away. And then I started like just thinking about like going back to kind of how I felt and how I was viewed, you know, growing up. I mean, I, uh, I, I didn't come up privileged, you know, by any means. I mean, I've been in positions before where, I've had to steal food. I've, I've, I've stolen dirty clothes out of the lost and found in middle school just so I had new clothes to wear. So I know what that feels like. And, you know, that is something that, you know, I, when I, you know, thought about then and when I even when I think about now, I mean, I, I never want to go back to, uh, to be in that position or even like just re- remotely close to that fear of going backwards. And that kind of, uh, you know, just started to give me some perspective and I, and I realized I needed to start making some changes. And, you know, of course, nothing really happens until like your back is against the wall. And uh, I 
obviously at the time, you know, drug dealers hang out with other drug dealers. Some of my drug dealer friends started getting in trouble, getting sent to prison. My best friend, uh, Lee, ultimately got sent to prison. And uh, that was a big wake up call for me. And I realized that, you know, it was only a matter of time to where if I didn't start, you know, getting my shit together, started changing my ways and just begin to create a different life for myself that uh, I'd end up in the same position that, you know, all these guys were in. And that's when, uh, that's when I discovered personal development. Someone put me on a personal development. He said, you know, I went to him, I, I told him my situation, somebody I respected, somebody who was, uh, you know, very successful. And uh, I was very honest. I told him where I was at. I told him how I'd been, I'd been making my way in the world and that I wasn't happy. And I was, I was committed to doing whatever it took for as long as it took to create a better life for myself. And I, uh, I told him, and, and at the time it was, it was really funny, Brian, because I, I don't know why I felt this, but I felt like deep within that I was actually put on this earth to serve a higher purpose. I feel like I've, I've always had that like in me, but I honestly had no clue what that purpose actually was. So by investing in the personal development, reading every book that I could get my hands on, watching all the Tony Robbins uh, YouTube videos, you know, back, you know, this like 2010, 2009, 2010, mm -hmm. I started to learn to think a little differently. And uh, one of the things I got into was giving back in the community. And, and again, I didn't do this because it was something that was important to me. I didn't do this because I really cared about like helping people who were less fortunate. I did it because Tony Robbins said that, you know, if you want to, you know, feel fulfillment at the highest level, you have to, you know, serve, you have to uh, do things to, you know, serve other people and uh, basically give back and contribute in some way beyond your own needs. So the first time I did that, I, I actually went to uh, this church where they were doing like a, uh, like a, like a dinner where they were serving the homeless. And I was, uh, you know, jumping on the line there and, and, and basically serving uh, food to the homeless that came through and literally within 10 minutes of being there, I was there for very selfish reasons, full transparency. Initially, within 10 minutes of being there, I had felt something that I'd never experienced before. And I, I, I just, I started to experience deep feelings of just gratitude and purpose. And from that moment, I knew that I wanted to create a life for myself where I could, you know, serve others and help other people in some way that's that's what my life's mission would be and i really had no idea how that would happen or what that would look like but i knew that that's what i had to do because i always wanted to experience those feelings and uh you know inevitably uh you know that law of attraction worked out as it as it always will an opportunity uh kind of came about to you know start the company that i have now nutrition solutions where a uh healthy lifestyle and a meal preparation company, a national company. And we work with everything from professional athletes to just, you know, um, stay at home moms that are looking to, uh, you know, just get fit to, you know, people that are a hundred, 200 pounds overweight. We basically prepare meals for them that are consistent with the goals that they've set for themselves. And, uh, you know, we basically coach them, hold them accountable, support them and, uh, you know, provide them the resources that they need to, uh, to get where they want to be and, uh, you know, experience the very, very best of what life has to offer because it all starts with, you know, being physically fit, being healthy and just being confident to whereas you're able to actually uh, appreciate things that, you know, life presents us every day and the opportunities that are all around us that a lot of us neglect to see because we're just used to operating 
not feeling our best. And it, a lot of times it's due to a lack of confidence in our physical appearance. Yeah. And I love that this, you know, this, this company of yours really started out with kind of this personal development bend to it. And I think it's no coincidence that you mentioned Tony Robbins a couple of times because you've got a quote of his on, on the homepage of your site, right? So this is still very clearly a major part of your life. So at what point in time, you know, what, take us back, what year was this that you started working on Nutrition Solutions? 2011 uh, is when the company started. But again, what it was then and what it is today, I mean, the complete polar opposite. I mean, I had no vision. I had no like plan. I basically just started this by going to a catering company that, you know, I went to and said, Hey, uh, I need X amount of meals. I can pay you X. And then I'd go and I'd flip those meals for Y to, you know, for a low shitty profit to a handful of people I knew. Um, you know, didn't have a website, didn't have any business licenses or insurances. I was still, you know, still dealing, uh, you know, at that time during the first, you know, like year, year and a half while the business just started. And I mean, I wouldn't even call it a business then, but, um, you know, now we're an eight figure company. We, uh, we're, we're, we're doing pretty good, man. We've, we've been recognized, um, you know, all over the place, Forbes, Inc, uh, ESPN entrepreneur. I mean, I've been fortunate to be, uh, you know, had the, 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 the privilege of, of being featured in Forbes magazine five times. So things are going pretty good. And, and you know, just to kind of reel it back in, the thing that I did to, you know, begin to, to change my life and get my shit together was to go all in on my personal development. That helped me increase my level of awareness. It, it, it taught me how to think differently and uh, basically, you know, showed me the way to a better life. And, you know, within our company, um, one of the things that we do, one of the many things that we do that make us unique is the fact that we have mandatory personal development for literally every employee. Mm-hmm. The whole building is oh wired with speakers and a one hour a day we're allocating towards personal development, whether it's a, an audiobook, a podcast. Um, you know, I want to saturate, you know, my team's mind with just good information, with positivity, with things that are going to, you know, help them. Uh, essentially, you know, learn to be better, to think better, to do better, and uh, inevitably be able to uh, provide a better life for themselves and their families. That's beautiful. And you guys, you know, since launching, you've nabbed nabbed some very impressive clients, um, people that, you know, some of our listeners here today are going to recognize Rob Gronkowski from the New England Patriots, um, plenty of other NFL players, professional athletes of all, all types I've seen on your testimonials page. Um, do you remember who your first big customer was when you were like, you know, hell yeah. Okay. I might be onto something here. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting question. The first like high profile client that we had for like celebrity was Chris Jericho. Um, he's a wrestler, actor, oh, yeah. musician. Yeah. I've got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris was the first one that we had. And, uh, I basically, you know, had a relationship with him through a mutual friend. We were uh, buddies for a couple years and, uh, you know, when we first, you know, became friends, I didn't really talk to him about the company because I wasn't very proud of it. I mean, like at the time, I mean, our product was shit. My organization was, I mean, I had the most disorganized organization, like arguably on the planet. And, uh, I just, you know, didn't want to, uh, do anything but put my best foot forward, um, before I approached somebody like that. And, uh, you know, once I got to a point where I, I felt, you know, comfortable with where we were at with the product and, uh, you know, with the standards that, you know, we, we had worked to, uh, to work toward, uh, essentially I just told them about what I had going on. And, uh, you know, this was, I mean, maybe 
three, four, four years ago. And uh, yeah, he's been with us ever since, client, good friend. And uh, Chris opened up a lot of doors for us, uh, for me personally, with the uh, WWE. I mean, we have, you know, half the roster uh, of the WWE are clients of Nutrition Solutions oh, wow. um, as well. Yes, yeah, a lot of professional athletes, a lot of celebrities, but just as many, I mean, a lot more just everyday people that are looking to just get fit, get healthy, look and feel their best and just don't necessarily have the time, the skills or you know, the, 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 the knowledge to do it themselves. I mean, you know, I think, I think everybody wants to eat healthy, right? Everybody wants to look good. Everybody wants to feel good. Everyone wants to be healthy, but it's a, it's, if you are not willing to give it the, the attention that it deserves, the attention that it needs and, and, and learn like, okay, what's healthy and then allocate the time to, you know, procuring healthy food and cooking it and, and, and regimenting it in such a way where you can stay consistent. I mean, it's never going to happen. And, uh, you know, unfortunately look around, you know, the, the obesity epidemic in this country, it's, it's completely out of control. You know, three quarters of the adult population uh, in the U.S. are either categorized as overweight or obese. You know, there's $180 billion, uh, annually that's spent treating obesity-related illness. And as a result of those uh, two factors, for the first time in the history of our species, the average human's life expectancy is going down. That's never happened. And, you know, it's the, the, the really sad part, Ryan, is the fact that we're doing it to ourselves and we're doing it to ourselves every day uh, via the choices we make as it pertains to the things that we put in our mouth. Yeah, it's a, very, it's a very scary trend. So what would you say has been kind of your most successful marketing strategy to date? I know you've got a lot of these kind of like big household brand people. Um, has it been kind of a story of growing mm-hmm. through word of mouth and through their networks or is there something else at play behind the scenes? Yeah, I mean, when you're growing a business, there's obviously many different elements to your marketing, advertising, and branding strategy. And when you're starting up, you're very limited to what you can do, right? Because you know, the, maybe you don't have any money or maybe you just don't have the knowledge or experience to understand what works. Um, we do a lot of things you know, currently between you know, leveraging the influencers that uh, utilize our services to uh, Facebook ads, producing you know, really dynamic branding content. But the thing that you know, I believe has... Uh, brought our company the most success that you know we do today, and you know we've been doing for years, and the, that doesn't really cost you know any money per se. Is going above and beyond with customer service, creating a customer experience that's second to none. Um, a lot of times, you're going to hear people say, if you ask them that question, "Hey, you know, how do you go about advertising? How do you go about marketing?" They go, "Oh, well, you know, word of mouth has been really good to us." And, I feel like that that term is just kind of like a little default people fall back on and 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 think that you know by just opening the doors of their uh, you know of their store or making their service available online that you know it is the responsibility of the outside world and the customers that they they have to to spread the word and tell everybody they know about their service and like it's I don't know helpful. that anything could be yeah nothing could be further from the truth I mean word of mouth is not a birthright it's a it's a it's a privilege that is earned. It's it's earned through very deliberate, consistent actions that create an experience for your customer that essentially like they feel overwhelmed. They feel overwhelmed with service. They feel overwhelmed with support, and they feel like overwhelmed in in a sense that they just have to talk to someone and tell someone about the experience that you know they had you know with your company. And you know it could be something as simple as taking the time to make a personal phone call just to say, Hey, you know what? I, you know, you purchased 
X, Y, and Z from us. And I was just calling just to say, thank you. You know, I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate you, uh, you know, trusting us to, uh, you know, take care of your needs, anything I can do for you in the future, blah, blah, blah. Like things like that go a long way, long way. Handwritten thank you cards. Mm -hmm. Um, Just doing everything you can to show your clients, your customers, uh, you know, your patients, whatever uh, industry you're in, that you care. Because I feel that is a, a, a thing that's that's missing from a, a lot of businesses in, in 2019 is that personal touch element where you know people just feel like you know numbers and you got to ever call in to place for customer service the the association it's been like a negative association people have a a, a a bad association with customer service because typically you're calling you're talking to someone who probably doesn't even work for the company maybe they're outsourced in some call center they really don't give a shit. Right. It's, it's a it's a, a just a, a negative conversation when, you know, if you go the other way with it and you provide people like a phenomenal customer experience, you know, you're not going to always get it right. There are going to be times that things, you know, you drop the ball, you screw something up or there's just a miscommunication. But you always have the opportunity to turn that that situation and that scenario into a very positive experience that you could, you know, it, it's, it's an opportunity to show your clients, your customers that you care. And if more people deployed that, that mentality and that strategy, I mean, you know, the, you wouldn't have to spend nearly as much money on, you know, the, the, the magazine the radio, the Facebook ads or whatever you're doing, because you'll essentially create a raving fan clientele where you just have your customers and clients running around doing all the, uh, doing all the heavy lifting for you because they're just so pumped up and passionate about the experience they've had with your company. And they just feel obligated to, uh, to just share it with the world and everybody they know. Yeah. I mean, that's the absolute best possible situation you can create in a business, but I mean, a lot easier said than done, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it requires, I mean, it requires you to care and you know, from, yeah, I'm not sure the like the, the active demographic of who listens to your podcast, but I'm sure that there are a lot of business owners or, you know, upper management people. Like if, if you want to win in business or in life, you have to care about what you have to take pride in everything that you do, you know, down to the smallest detail, but this isn't a small detail. We're talking about your customers. Okay. We're talking about the people. I mean, your customers essentially are the ones that pay your bills. They're the ones who, make it possible for you to show up to work every day and do what you do. And I think a lot of times people forget that and they're quick to, you know, view their customers as like, you know, like you're doing them a favor by selling them your product or, you know, uh, the service and such. But by remembering that your customers make everything possible and, and, and basically just uh, having just a sense of gratitude towards them. I mean, it changes everything. And, you know, it's, it's something that, it, it's if if the if it doesn't come from the top, if the people at the top, the, the the CEO, the owner, the upper level management, if they don't care, I mean, it's pretty unreasonable to think that the rest of the mm-hmm. team um, will. And one thing about me is I care very much. Um, yeah. I don't put customers first. I, I I put my team first, and by putting my team first, that makes sure that the clients, our customers, are always taken care of. I love that distinction. All right, Chris. Well, I've got one final question for you. What yep. would you say has been the best investment you've ever personally made in the context of growing your business? And this can be in the form of time, money, tools, products, services, or mm-hmm. otherwise. So I've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars to this date since I started the business into my own and my team's personal development, whether it be sending them to 
seminars across the country, whether it be paying for online, uh, you know, platforms for them to take advantage of, whether it be, you know, paying people to come and, you know, come talk at our company and uh, just basically teach the team here ways of getting better in one or more areas. I mean, not only is it the best investment that I have ever made and will continue to make, it is a fail safe. Um, I actually was having a conversation similar to this recently. And uh, there's someone who's in the training space. And he actually said that there's been some recent research that's come out and they've actually somehow determined a quantifiable uh, ROI as it pertained to money that's invested into one's own personal development or uh, a team's training. And it was basically like a 300% return. And honestly, wow. Like I, I would, I would think that I honestly think that's like at the lower spectrum because from what I've seen, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it's so much more. And the beauty of it is it's not something that like necessarily takes like a long time to come back. I mean, you know, if you're sending your team to the right, to the right uh, seminars, providing them access to the right resources and information, you will see an immediate shift in the way they do things, which will uh, produce uh, an undeniable a positive change um, from a result spectrum and on the bottom line. Yeah. And I think another thing that's really underrated in this realm is that I would imagine with a lot of your employees today, you're building what will likely be like, you know, lifelong relationships with them. So it's not like you have to get your return, you know, within the next year or two. It's like, who knows where things can go over the years to come. Yeah. I'm trying to teach these people and, and provide them the resources and the support and do anything I can to invest in their personal development, not invest in their development, like at Nutrition Solutions at our company. Although that is one of the many things that are, uh, you know, impact in a positive way. The the purpose of personal development is to teach them just how to just win in life at a just higher rate and uh, experience the most fulfillment, get the most out of the one time that you know we all have on this planet because life is short, man, and. Uh, you know, the, the years, they go by quick. And the earlier you get in the game, the, 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 the faster, you know, you understand that the key to happiness in life is not like, you know, a certain do- dollar figure or like a certain position, the perfect, like, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, or wife. Key to happiness in life is progress. And we all have the opportunity every single day to make progress via our own personal development. So I try to do what I can to, uh, you know, help my team uh, get better and uh, help them move the needle. And, you know, they, uh, they, they make everything possible for me. So that's the least that I can do for them. I love it. All right. Well, Chris, you're a busy guy. I'm going to let you go. Can you tell everyone listening today where they can go to learn more about you and everything that you're up to? Cool. Yeah. I mean, you can check me out on my Instagram is uh, at Chris Cavallini and uh, the Start Today podcast, uh, my new podcast. You guys, check us out. iTunes, Spotify. Um, yeah, uh, companies, nutritionsolutions.com. If anybody's uh, interested in uh, looking better naked, you can uh, check out that website and uh, perhaps <laughs> there's something we can do for you. Either way, um, yeah, love to uh, hear from you uh, on Instagram. You can shoot me a message if you listen to this and uh, just you know let me know what your feedback was. And then, you know, Ryan, maybe we can do this again in the future. Beautiful. Let's plan on it. Chris, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, brother. If you enjoyed this episode of the Side Hustle Project, I would love your support. Head on over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating. And as always, you can catch every episode of the Side Hustle Project on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.